You're listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fix My Feet podcast here today with Dr. Evan Leonards and Ashley Anderson, uh, RPA. Uh, and it's Halloween, official Halloween edition of Fix My Feet podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Make sure you uh, check us out on uh, YouTube. Check out the costumes if you if you get a chance, if you're listening to this to your car. Today, we're going to talk about something that is super common, and that is toe fractures that we see all the time and get lots of questions about them, mostly about what should I do if I get a toe fracture. So I think just for a quick reference for those listening, maybe some anatomy of uh, toes so patients have a better understanding. Ashley, how many bones are in your toes and, and how does that all work? So in your big toes, you just have two bones each, but then in all of your little toes, you usually have three in each toe. Sometimes your pinky toe is a little weird, but that just is kind of how when we're walking and stuff like that, you can break any of the bones. But yeah, that's how many bones are in them. They also, do you want to say anything about tendons or anything like that? You can, just briefly. We're mostly just chatting about bones today, though. But like for each of those bones or like and stuff like that, there are two tendons that run across the top of your toe and then two tendons that run across the bottom. So sometimes that can play into effect with some fractures. Yeah. So... From your experience, Dr. Lerntz, most common causes or reasons that people end up breaking their toes? Got up in the middle of the night, caught the (laughs) pinky toe on some furniture. Didn't know that it hurt so bad until they got up in the morning and it was black and blue and swollen. I think it's the most common. Occasionally I'll get some just from uh, sports activities. I've had a couple youngsters, especially when football season kicked off, that they were getting some soccer players and things like that too. It's usually going to be a, you know, some sort of an injury that they remember that, that they've injured that they're really uncommon for like a chronic overuse fracture. Like you can get in some of the metatarsals and things you generally don't get toe stress fractures. They're usually an acute thing. So I'd say probably the most common is that pinky toe. Maybe I'm in the, <laughs> no, in the definitely. Norm, it's, it's always, I kick something in the middle of the night. I think that that is, all, yeah. I mean, that's got to be by far the most common reason that somebody breaks their toe. I would say second to that, the, at least from my experience, is somebody drops something on their toe. That would be the other common thing that I see. But it's way, I mean, it's way down the list from I got up in the middle of the night and I kicked something or I, I got yep. angry and kicked something or Working something to, to in that the effect. summer, people yeah. kicking their pavers by accident. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. a big one. Yeah, it's, it's always or kicking a sibling. Like that. So good. So, uh, so, yeah, you break your toe. I mean, what usually, Ashley, from a clinical, if patient, somebody's wondering if they're listening, did I break my toe? What things would they typically see if they did break their toe uh, uh, down in the toe? What's going on down there? I'd say if you're looking at your toe and it's twice its size, so it's really swollen, it's bruised, you can't really bend it, it hurts to touch in like a specific place or squeeze. Those are all really common things of broken toes. Yeah. 
and just a follow up to that, Dr. Leonard. If somebody's sitting there wondering, did I just sprain it? Did I just break it? Like, what are some some signs they might look at? I know Ashley talked about a couple that kind of maybe differentiate those things. Well, it probably there's some overlap in symptoms even if you sprain it right you can still bruise with the sprain you can still have swelling with the sprain all those types of things um so the best way to differentiate is obviously with an x-ray so a lot of these just if you check dr google you'll probably think well it's probably nothing and you won't get it seen so it's important to at least make sure that nothing's going on with the bones that we talked about but you know deformity of the toe is one of the main ways you're going to see things, whether that's a dislocation of the joint or whether it's a fracture. If the toe is pointing the wrong way, you probably did more than sprain it. Yeah, that's that's a definitely a good indicator. If it's yeah. going the wrong direction, it's definitely more than sprained. So that leads us to the next question. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk to you about, maybe some complications from toe fractures that maybe most people don't think about. The first, Ashley, is called a subungual hematoma. Do you want to explain to patients or people listening what that is and and why that might cause pain or issues for them? Yeah, a subungual hematoma is where the nail bed of your fracture, when you fractured the toe, it's usually that bone that's at the tip of whichever toe and it also then injures the nail bed under your nail. So you have some sort of laceration or crack in it. And so you get a bunch of blood that will build up underneath your nail plate. And so then it can become really painful and full of pressure. And so that could be an indication of a fracture or it could just be an injury of your nail bed. So, but yeah, definitely can be very painful. And if somebody's curious, Ashley, about what we would do with a subungual hematoma, like what are some treatment options? Because usually the pain is what brings them in from subungual hematoma, either that or the discoloration. They're worried about the discoloration. So what are some things that we might do in, in that it case? It depends on how big, like how full the nail is full of blood. But if it's like about halfway or something like that, then we could always poke a small hole in the nail plate and just drain the blood. But if it's with an injury, like you stubbed your toe, you dropped something on it, very commonly we'll want to take the nail plate off so we can look and make sure there's not something that's going to keep bleeding. Yeah, and then the follow-up question we'll always get from patients on that what is the potential damage to my nail, my nail plate? Like, is it going to be deformed after something like that or not? Uh, it definitely can be. Nails do not like yeah. to grow back the same. If it does grow back the same and it looks wonderful, then you got lucky, I think. I'd say most of the time, if they're going to grow back, if that matrix where it, when your nail grows from, if that was injured at all with a crush injury or anything like that, then a lot of times it might grow back a little wavy or kind of curved or a different color, more yellow. Yeah, good. Another complication, and, and Dr. Leonard's touched on this earlier, is deformity after toe fracture. And, and I know a lot of people think toe fractures are completely benign, and I would say for the most part they're probably correct about that. But there, we do see quite a bit of issues with deformity in toes after fractures. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Dr. Leonard, some of the common, I guess, things we see deformity-wise after a toe fracture heals or whatever? 
Yeah. And I think specifically too, again, with that fifth toe, it's, it's really common because there's just no buttress there when you catch it on stuff compared to the other toes. And so it tends to get pulled a little bit further. So if you do have deformity, whether it's dislocation, whether it's fracture, whether it's both, you know, it's, excuse me, it's going to make it, uh, you know, difficult to have it heal appropriately. Probably going to increase your, your risk of post-traumatic arthritis and some of these small little joints and, it's just going to be a longer recovery process. You may end up needing, you know, even a closed reduction of that, of that toe to get it back into a better position so that things are lined up a little bit more appropriately and you can allow it to heal. But it is not uncommon to see some, some deviation of these toes because like Ashley mentioned, you know, that everything's very small. You've got multiple bones in these areas, just multiple joints. And so it doesn't take much impact to kind of deviate those areas. And so you're putting yourself at risk for further injury, you know, d- decreased functionality of that toe down the road, you know, some arthritic pain and some issues as well as stiffness of that toe too. One follow-up question to that that I was just thinking of commonly, one of the common complications I see with just a little bit of deformity yeah, after a toe fracture is what's called a haloma malae or a callus in between the toes do you want to just talk about that? Patients might wonder what that is or, or why they might get something like that. Yeah, just essentially a pressure point. Now you're getting in between your adjacent toes because that toe is malpositioned now. And so you're getting some rubbing, you know, with walking or with activity. And whether that's, you know, a, a prominence of bone that's been a fracture piece that's come off and created that or whether it's just the deviation of the toe or whatever it is, then you, you know, run the risk of getting that chronic irritation and that buildup of, of you know, callus tissue by the body there. Good. Well, uh, and one other question while we're talking about deformity, I would say, you know, greater than 90% of the time, no surgery is ever required on toe fractures. But what are those rare cases where you may have to take somebody to the OR for a toe fracture? Well, if it's severely dislocated or malpositioned, you can't get it, you know, reduced in the office or it's too painful to try and reduce in the office. Open fractures generally need to go, you know, make sure that they're reduced appropriately, washed out appropriately. And that can include, you know, open fractures through the nail bed as well, depending on the severity. Those tend to be the ones, you know, if you're going to have a large enough fragment to try and reduce with pins or wires that, you know, is hit or miss. But a lot of times it's just about getting the toe back to where it needs to be. And occasionally you can't do that unless you open it up and free up some of the impingement in the area. Yeah. Great. Well, well said. So Ashley, if I'm curious about what my recovery is going to be like after I broke my toe, like what can I expect as far as timeframes and recovery and things like that? So for any broken bone, average bone healing time for an adult is six to eight weeks. So usually you'll be either buddy taping or doing something with the toe to try to keep it straight if it's trying to go off to the side and then also wearing some sort of stiff shoe for about six weeks and getting x-rays in the beginning and then at the end to make sure that that bone is healing up like it should. Sometimes they don't always like to heal as well, but you kind of go by pain and stuff like that. So usually after six weeks, the pain's a lot better, but you can still see a lot of swelling. So what can I expect functionally 
is this like a toe fracture? Is that something that's going to stop me from playing sports? Like once it heals, those kinds of things, should there be any functional deficits after something like this? I guess this? it depends on if you're a athlete and you have to use your toes to kick like a soccer ball or something, then I think, yeah, you could expect that you might have some pain in that toe, but for most people, it's not going to affect you greatly. Yeah. I think your functional return is, is uh, if anybody's out there wondering, you know, what's going on, my toes twice the size and bruising is like, it, it's going to go down, it's going to heal up and you're going to go back to what you were doing before without any issues, without any problems. A couple of things that we've talked about, Ashley and Dr. Leonard have talked about that just to clarify for those listening, buddy taping. Ashley, you want to explain what buddy taping is if somebody's wondering what exactly that is, but it's definitely highly recommended with toe fractures. Yeah, it's so. taking whichever your broken toe is and taping it to the toe that is usually the like closest in height to that toe or whatever is going to stabilize it the most. And it's whether with athletic tape or taking something like Coban or Band-Aids, something just to keep those toes together and side by side and straight. Yeah. And, and the whole, the whole premise behind that is very difficult to cast toes, right? Like if you, if you break a bone in your foot or something, we might put you in a cast or in your ankle in a toe that becomes a very difficult situation. And so buddy taping is a good way for us to give it some splint and some support to keep it in that straight position. So that was a great point. A couple other things that just for Dr. Leonard's. So if I'm a new, if I'm somebody, I got up in the night, I kicked the bed, I've got this pain and swelling. What are some immediate at home things that I should be doing or thinking about, you know, before uh, I seek any care on something like this? Well, I'd probably, you know, treat it like any acute injury, right? You're going to try and decrease some of the inflammation, improve your pain, icing, elevation, try not to, you know, keep walking around barefoot in the dark to further injury it. You want to make sure that you're wearing good supportive shoes if you can, something that's sturdy that's going to, you know, keep that toe from um, having a lot of bend to it when you walk and just kind of babying a little bit. Like we talked about, you know, buddy taping, you're essentially just splinting it to the adjacent toe so that it doesn't have to do as much work and it can function kind of as a unit with a little bit of additional strength. So just kind of monitoring it, you know, checking the area, making sure there's no open wound associated with it monitoring your pain, monitoring how much bruising and swelling and things you have, if there's any deformity to the toe compared to how it normally looks for you. And just kind of some conservative treatments there until you can either get it evaluated or don't go see anybody. Sometimes people <laughs> do like to do that. In those rare circumstances, it's swollen, it's painful. When would you say this is like, urgent when like, Hey, I, I shouldn't wait till tomorrow morning to see who I can get into. Like I should go to the emergency room tonight. What would you say to somebody? Like when would those situations arise? I'd say if you notice any blood, I'd tell you to go see somebody as urgent as possible. Just with these, you know, there's not a lot of soft tissue. If you have any open wounds, you're not really going to have much protection with soft tissue until you get down to bone. So you want to make sure you get that evaluated, get some x-rays, you know, get it cleaned out surgically if you need to. Like we talked about any, you know, deformity of the toe and based on your pain, if it's really severe, if you can't keep it managed, you know, if you've tried elevating and icing and you've tried 
you know, some over-the-counter anti-inflammatories and things like that. And it's probably time to go have it evaluated. Yeah. Or dislocation, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, like if you, if you can't relocate it and keep it there, like keep it in the same spot, then you definitely should go to the emergency room for sure. One quick note, I know we've talked about a couple of times with open fractures in case those listening don't know, but that's where you broke a bone and then there's a break in the skin. So by definition, those are emergencies. And so the risk that we worry about is infection that could get into the bone. And then uh, we have a much worse situation uh, on our hands. So in those situations, you you break it, you you drop something on it, there's a break in the skin. That stuff needs to be evaluated right away. So there's time windows involved and, and trying to get those treated in in the appropriate time windows can be challenging if somebody keeps going about their work for the rest of the day and then comes in a couple of days later. So, so those would definitely be some urgent situations. Good. Yeah. I know the other thing we're going to, that we're going to hear or people are going to ask us, Ashley, best types of shoes. If I've broken my toe or I'm trying to get better from toe pain or what would you say, uh, what would be some recommendations from you on that? I'd say anything that is going to be pretty stiff. So like if you can take your shoe and bend it in half, then it's not stiff enough. So anything that's like soft, like a dude or a croc or even like Walmart brand tennis shoes, like anything that's just foam, it's not usually sturdy enough. So some sort of sturdy tennis shoe or people have asked like about Keens or Birkenstocks during the summer, anything that's rigid usually is much better. Yeah, exactly. That's really what you want to be looking for. And if you can find something open that's rigid at first, that's good because you might have difficulty getting to a closed-toed shoe for those first uh, few days while the swelling comes down like we talked about. Well, I think we've we've covered about as much as possible ground as you can with toe fractures. I can't think of anything that we've left uncovered. Ashley, have any final things you think that we missed or things, words of advice for somebody who's broken their toe, uh, things that they should really be thinking about? I would just say that they love to stay swollen. I get that all the time. Yeah. Everything heals. They feel fine, but yeah. they're just swollen as a sausage and it just takes a long time for it to get better. Or sometimes it might just always be a bit of a swollen toe. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good pearl for sure. Nail on the head right there. That's what I was going to say. She's good. Yeah. They stay swollen forever. Even if you take them for surgery, I tell patients that the toes stay swollen forever. They do. So, well, good. That's it for this week. So it's Halloween edition. Hope everybody has a wonderful Halloween. You probably hear this sometime after Halloween, but anyways, it'll remind you of the good times of Halloween and maybe some crazy toe stories that, that you have associated with Halloween. But, For uh, Dr. Evan Leonard and uh, Ashley Anderson, this is uh, Dr. Waters. Thanks for listening to the Fix My Feet podcast. Check us out on our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you can watch us live on YouTube as well there on the video feed. If there's anything, questions you have, drop them in the comments. We'll sure address those in future episodes until next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fix My Feet podcast. To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.